the first thing I just recommended you, and I, I gave him your number actually. So uh, I said, uh, you know, and he said, well, I want to avoid, so I want to just do something where there's no head kicking in the head and all that. And I said, said no, this is the guy. I gave him your name and your number. I said, contact him. And he said, "Well, Roscoe will be the near will be best for us." And I said, "Yeah, well, he has a he has a branch here, so uh, you you know because and that's because I've seen what you're like with the kids through videos and things like that and through chatting to you. So hopefully, you might have gained a new member." Thanks very much, Ed, and I appreciate that. It's the most powerful yeah. form of advertisement, word of mouth. Yeah, so, yourself. Uh, no problem. So listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to do uh, to do this podcast, and we look forward to we look forward to doing it again all again next week. Awesome, Eden. Yeah, thanks very much, and thanks for very much for giving me your time, giving up your time, and uh, yeah. So yeah, we can go on next week, and we can talk a little specific about one program that was just covering a lot there. We we branched out there and covered a lot, uh, but as well as that, we can even it's talk about some of the teaching points that we do in the gym as well that can also help with with uh parents as well joe because what we te- what we teach down here in the fina helps with parents in at home a lot of the stuff at home as well and you know because parents is challenging a challenge is no perfect parent that's it and of course well, if anyone if anyone needs uh, further information they can go on the facebook page uh, they can contact you through Facebook or what other ways of they contacting you, uh, Mar- Martin? Yes, a lot of it. Uh, more a lot of people would be on Facebook. Yeah, we have Facebook. We have a website, martialartsireland.com. We have a website, and we give offer our, our, our offers or any offers that we're doing that month. We put we put up there as well. So yeah, so our website. We have the f- Facebooks. Just type up the Fina Martial Arts, uh, whatever location, Roscommon Motor Athlone you're looking for, and reach out to us. And we do a course as well, uh, for the kids. And what it is is we have a Mason offer on at the moment. If they do want to reach out, uh, our Quick Start Confidence course, and also the same as the adults as well. We we have a beginners course now for the for the adults as well. When they reach out to us, we give them a few moves and 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 just br- pretty much telling uh, them what our our centre is all about and what they're coming down to. And we give them a few few uh, strikes and a, a little bit of fitness before they actually come down uh, to do a little course at home before they come down to the centre. So it builds their confidence up as well. And uh, so if they're unsure and you know a little bit nervous, they're coming down. Uh, at least the the it'll it'll build it'll build their confidence up before they come down to the center. That's it. And if any if anyone if any the listeners out there want to uh, if they have any questions they'd like us to address on uh, any future podcast they can uh, they can text me on uh, oh text or call me on oh eight nine four three zero four four nine six or email me on ar sports therapy clinic at outlook.ie or rossfm at gmail.com and uh, we'll address them. We'll, we'll be able to answer any questions in future uh, in future podcasts. Isn't that right, Martin? That's right, Ed. And uh, no yeah, problem. so, and hopefully we see, hopefully I see you over there on Friday, Ed, and yourself. No problem. Hello, everyone, and you're very welcome to this week's League of Ireland chat with myself, Aidan Raftery. And of course, once again, we have Robbie Mulvey on the line. Hello, Robbie. How are you? Are you well? How's it going, Ed? Not too bad, no, not too bad. Yeah, so, uh, as I say, we're, we're getting ever so closer uh, to the League of Ireland, uh, the League of Ireland starting back again, Division 1 and Division 2. Um, a lot of friendlies there and some very interesting transfers. A lot going on there in the League of Ireland ahead of the start of the season. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at the teams, there's quite a few interesting names that are popping up for quite a few teams. Let's start with Shamrock Rovers, obviously the champions from last year. Uh, they're looking in a very strong place for to defend their champions this year. Jack Byrne is obviously coming back to Shamrock Rovers from Polk uh, in Greece there this uh, this uh, past year. Listen, um, you know, like Jack brings a lot to any team. He's got the range and ability to uh, unlock a, a defence. He's like a he's, he's a guy with a lockpick, basically. Um, you know, obviously, after losing the, the likes of Joey O'Brien from the, the team last year, uh, they needed to kind of replenish that midfield and on back line, and they've brought in uh, the likes of Jack Byrne, and he's, he's a player with tremendous ability. Now, Jack is coming back not just to uh, get back to playing football after his uh, trials over in, in Polk, but he's looking to re-establish himself on the international stage. Jack feels like he's been around for a long time, but he's still only 24, 25, 26, so he's still got a, a you know a lot of a good few years left on him. And I think if he manages to do the business for Rovers, I think especially in Europe, you know, if he manages to put a good performance in in the Conference League, he may just kind of fit that um, spot in Stephen Kenny's squad that we seem to be lacking at the moment. Obviously, you look at the likes of Jamie McGrath; he's he's moved over to Wigan. From St. Mirren, he's obviously got the ability to uh, play that type of football, but we're still kind of lacking that one player, that specialised number ten, who can kind of, uh, you know, dictate, play, get the ball, set the tempo, and um, you know, supply the front line. So I think if he can kind of get back to playing, playing at his best, I think he could definitely be in with a shout. The other thing, about from the Shamrock Rovers' point of view, is you know, obviously, so, some off the field issues they've had was the fireworks incident that happened at the end of last year that they've been fined five thousand euros for for that so i mean that's obviously been put to bed i know mark scanlon the head of media in the league of ireland he's been interviewed at the launch this past couple of days and he's mentioned that uh you know the fai are looking to stamp out fireworks being let off at matches and sort of flares as well i know they're not too happy with the amount of players that have snuck into the game. Um, obviously, look, it makes for a great atmosphere. If you've seen the FEI Cup final there uh, at the end of last year, you would have seen the atmosphere and the, and the, the colour and, the, and the, the, the smoke and everything, but they're looking to kind of stamp that out. So that's one issue that uh, they are looking to kind of get a handle on. You just, uh, you're, going, you're going looking at some of the other teams as well. Uh, I should mention, sorry, Andy Lyons, actually. They, they brought Andy Lyons from the Great Divide over the, the Great Divide from north, north to south. Uh, Bohemians, obviously, um, he's an absolute quality player. He's one of the young crop of players developing within the league. And uh, he's an Irish under-21 international. I think he's uh, going to be going down the uh, Lee Scales route, who went over to Celtic recently. He's looking for maybe a couple of years more with... Uh, Shamrock Rovers in the league, maybe win one or two more championships, try and get into, uh, get more European football under his belt and maybe attract the interest from England or Scotland. Um, you know, obviously, go over when he's like 22, 23. So, um, you know, obviously, it's it's a smart move, I think, on his part to, to get more first-team football under his belt before going off to uh, pastures new. So that's uh, obviously the opportunity to play in Europe again, is, is one of the big selling points. Now, obviously, 
for anybody outside the League of Ireland who doesn't know, the big derby games in the, the LOI is Bohemians and Shamrock Rovers. There's a huge, huge historical rivalry between the two. So going from Bohemians to Shamrock Rovers, when he goes back to Daly Mungo Park, um, I'm not sure what yeah. kind of welcome he's going to get there, but uh, certainly will be interesting. Uh, looking at the other teams, you've got to look at Shelburne coming up from the first division. Damien Duff has uh, has decided to uh, put his lot in with uh, Shelburne. He's obviously come aboard as the manager, and obviously he brings the star power with regards to the name. I mean, he's obviously one of Ireland's best ever players, but yeah, as a manager, he's an interesting character. Uh, came to prominence when he was managing the Shamrock Rovers under-15s. He was very vociferous in his criticisms of underage player development within the League of Ireland. So he's obviously had a lot to say. Um, there are plans in, in the, the pipeline with the new uh, FAI strategic plan that was launched on Monday to address those. But in the meantime, he stepped up to uh, senior level after his surgeon with the Irish international squad. He's come back to more domestic matters. Um, uh, he has promised to have the team play really, really good football. He's not one of these guys that is, you know, likes to uh, defend. He, he won't be a Jose Mourinho, uh, League of Ireland style, put it that way. He does like his teams to play football, so you can expect uh, you can expect him to be competitive, but also to stick to their principles as well. Now, whether that's going to do them any favours when it comes to tight games, we don't know. Um, but he certainly has that Arsene Wenger mentality of sticking to his principles uh, regardless. So you'd have to admire that uh, from a lot of ways. Looking at Bohemians, they brought back uh, Flores from Hull City. Uh, he was uh, he was also the, the guy, if you remember, a few years ago who got that Puskas Award nomination for this fantastic goal uh, for the, uh, Dundalk. So he's coming back. And you've got Junior as well coming in um, from Sligo Rovers. And they've also managed to keep another hot prospect in the league. Dawson Devoy is staying for another year. I think MK Dons in England were looking at bringing him over uh, at the, at the, in the transfer window, but that obviously didn't happen. So uh, he's decided to stay around another year for uh, to, to uh, play with Bohemians. Uh, he is a serious prospect. Still only 20. He's going to be 21 this year. Uh, tremendous player. Fantastic control at his feet. Uh, well able to dribble past players. Likes to dictate the game in the central mid, uh, midfield. Can play out in the wing. Uh, he's definitely a player that a lot of teams are going to be looking at over the next couple of months. So expect him to uh, to, to have a big impact for Bohemians. But looking at Derry City, you've got to say, I mean, they have. Uh, they're going to be one of the teams that can... They are going to be the team, in fact, I would even go so far as to say, mm. to um, uh, challenge Shamrock Rovers over the next few years. They've got some major money behind them. They've got a, a local businessman who's a, uh, made uh, quite a bit of money over the last few years, and he's injecting that into uh, Derry City. So you can expect these guys to uh, to become serious challengers over the next few years. So they're the new Newcastle United of the League of Ireland, put it that way. Yeah. Except obviously without the uh, uh, without the Saudi Arabian money, but um, they uh, they've gotten in the likes of Will Patching, who had a fantastic season last year. Michael Duffy is also coming uh, over up from um, Dundalk. So, and uh, Michael McElhaney is coming back to uh, Duffy and McElhaney are Derry natives. So they're going back to their home club. And I think the crucial thing about 
these two signings is that uh, they are being put on longer-term contracts. So usually with League of Ireland teams, because of the lack of finances in the league, uh, you get um, 52-week contracts or year contracts, whereas uh, the likes of Derry City and Shamrock Rovers are now able to offer three-year terms or two- or three-year uh, contracts, and that's a big reason why they're able to attract this type of talent. So um, it might be a bit too early for Derry to challenge um, such a, a well Structured and well put together team like Shamrock Rovers. Don't forget, Shamrock Rovers have only been, become uh, the big dogs of the League of Ireland over the last few years. It took them a long time to kind of put this kind of team and structure together. So it might take a, a while for Derry to become competitive in that sense, but they will definitely be shooting it out for European uh, action over the next uh, over the next couple of months. So expect them to be very strong this year. Uh, just finally, I want to take a look at the same pots. And uh, they've got Tim Clancy on board, of course. They had the manager, Murray, go around where you had uh, Stephen Donnelly move up to St. Pat's. And uh, Tim Clancy had moved from Toronto United, where he did a fantastic job on very, very meagre uh, uh, meager budget and uh, meagre resources. Uh, he did a brilliant job in keeping them in the league and keeping them competitive throughout the year. Now he's moved up to a couple of levels to St. Pat's. And uh, he's brought in the likes of Owen Doyle, who is a proven goal scorer in the uh, English lower leagues. He's come in as uh, the new signing. And um, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of other uh, signings as well in the next couple of weeks uh, to come in to St. Pat's. Plus, they have quite a few talented underage players. Just saw James Bankman get signed off for uh, to go to Udinese. He's going to be there for the next uh, six months until he completes his leaving cert. But they've also got the likes of Ben McCormick and um, a few others. Uh, Dara Byrne as well. He's another player who a lot of uh, clubs are looking at uh, on the wing. So uh, they've got quite a few young players coming through as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how St. Pat's do. I reckon they'll be going for the third, fourth place playoff alongside Sligo Rovers this year. So um, that's basically a round-up of the top uh, three or four teams in the league. That's it, and I suppose really just uh, a couple of other points. I suppose uh, you, you know this this week is the anniversary of the passing of one one of Ireland's greatest players, uh, Lee Miller. As we know, uh, you know a former League of Ireland player himself uh, for for Cork City yeah. as well. Um, you know, just to pay a tribute to him, and also I suppose really transfers and um, you know the underage talent we have in this country as well. It, it, it's a double edged sword. One, it's a compliment and a curse in a way. Um, a compliment. It's great to see that uh, you know foreign clubs are, are are starting to get interested in Irish. That how talented these our Irish players are, uh, you know these underage and kind of young lads in first team that are playing for first team football for League of Ireland teams. That um, you know the, these players are attracting offers from from. Uh, clubs abroad but it's also taking that talent away from the League of Ireland so it's a double-edged sword in a way isn't it um, isn't it Robbie yeah well I think there's I mean I think what what we've seen over the last year and I think it's it's uh, encouraging in a way is that we have confirmation that the league is capable of producing top class young players yeah. the challenge from here on in though is you know how do we continue to build on that? And I think, you know, this is way too, uh, you know, we don't have, we won't have enough time to get into this, but I think, mm. you know, obviously on Monday evening, the FAI set out their 
strategy plan for the next four years, and part a lot of uh, a big part of that is how they develop the League of Ireland. They talked about developing a more community-based, a community-centered club. In other words, how to how to get involved with the local community to get them interested in uh, their local League of Ireland club, but also. How do they upgrade facilities? How do they upgrade academy programs? How do they, you know, obviously just later on in the year they're, they're going to release their player development plan, which, you know, they said they're going to be looking at formulating over the next couple of months. So um, I'll be really, personally, I'll be really interested to see how they do that. So, you know, obviously there's the talk of a third tier, tier coming in in terms of, you know, bringing, uh, putting a pyramid system in and allowing you know, uh, junior league teams to kind of progress along a path. So, you know, obviously when you think of junior teams, you think of Carrick United in Dublin, Ballymun United uh, here in in, in Athlone, you've got like some Willow Park, St. Peter's. So I think it's good that they're giving clubs that opportunity to progress along the pyramid, as you'd, you'd see in England, where you come from non-league all the way up to the Premier League. So that that that's that's very good in a way, but I think there's still, you know, there's a good foundation or basis for, you know, over the last couple of years, you've got to give them credit for, like, whatever else you'd say about it. Obviously, there's a lot of issues and there's a lot of people to cascade and blame for a lot of the money problems for the League of Ireland. But from a football point of view, you've got to say the introduction of the National Underage Leagues was a really good idea. And it's you're now starting to see uh, the benefits of that. And I think you know, like the, you know, I mean, if, I mean, I have to admit, for for a while, I was kind of wondering, you know, was this going to work? Was are we going to see any, any, um, are we going to see any progress on this, or are we just wasting our time and pretending that you know the league is just, uh, you know, this is just, you know, is this just to kind of keep the the clubs happy? Is it just to keep the the FEI, or is it just F the FEI trying to keep you away for happy by putting these leagues in place, or? You know, we've now seen that that's not the case. It's, it's, you know, there's tangible results there, and I think, you know, I know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of Rude Doctor when he came over and saw a lot of the stuff that he, that he's, that he's done. But a lot of this, in my, in my view at least, was, you know, partially down to the, 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 the ideas that that he implemented. Obviously, it's to do with the coaching that. A lot of the clubs have done on their own. It's to do with the, the work that the clubs have done on their own too, like you know, with the likes of Sligo Rovers and uh, St. Pat's, putting in a lot of work to produce young players. But um, I think also too, it's uh, it's uh, the Kennedy Cup direction. as well is is another uh, avenue for, yeah. for for players at like yeah, an under fourteen I mean, level. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's important to recognise too that I think there's still a lot of issues there. I mean the the division between the National League and the schoolboy clubs is still a big issue. We've obviously seen that issue down at Cork over the last couple uh, week or two where, you know, there was unhappiness with a lot of the younger players being taken out of the Cork schoolboy league and into the, the Cork, you know, we'll say the likes of Cork City and Co. Ramblers, the ones yeah, that's true, yeah. So I think, you know, with this new plan that they've they've brought out, I would imagine that part of the Part of the plan, or what I'd like to see, is is them put a put a, a kind of um, transitionary committee in place, whereby there's a you know any 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 problems or issues they can kind of 
bring into this committee and kind of find ways around it because there is still that divide there and that needs to be that needs to be sorted out because you know one way or another there's no going you know there's there's no really there's no going back from this like we are going down the the elite pathway structure and i think at some point these issues are going to have to be sorted that's it and of course it all takes the finances and all that but I suppose they, they would have figured that out in, in, in their plan as well but uh, listen thanks very much um, Robbie for, do, for doing League of Ireland chat with us uh, once again we look forward to doing that, uh, doing it all over again next week ok thanks a million no sure. problem no problem thanks very much and that's our League of, League of Ireland expert uh, Robbie uh, Mulvey Hello everyone and you're very welcome to this, the first edition of Basketball Arena where we'll be discussing all things local rugby and to take us through it all we have uh, Thomas, Calla- Thomas O'Callaghan from uh, from Castery Kings Basketball Club. Hello Thomas, how are you? Are you well? Hi Aidan, how are you I'm doing good, thanks. That's good, that's good. Listen, uh, great to have you back and it's great to hear, hear, be hearing again from Castlery Kings and uh, yeah, so we'll kick off the, we'll kick off the, uh, the show with um, details of the men's season so far. Uh, yeah, we're going okay. We've hit a bit of a slump. We've lost the last two, uh, but we had a few wins earlier in the year. So we're still there or thereabouts uh, as regards the looking and maybe the league title. We probably need a few results to go our way now in the um, next few weeks. But, um, you know, we just have to hope for the best and uh, hold up our side of it and hopefully uh, get back on track now. Um, we're playing Mohill next this weekend away. So hopefully we can kick on from there. And I suppose looking at, um, has there been any uh, changes in performances or we say if you were to compare last season to this season, how has it been going? Did you do better last season or how was that? Uh, well, the last time we were in competition, the Donegal were looking strong to win the league and I think they were awarded the league title. Um, but that was just before the end of that league season got cut off with COVID uh, in March 2020. So um, since then, like, you know, we were there, I think we were second, third at that stage. Uh, but coming into this season now, we've had a lot of new faces. You know, our player coach for the last 10 years, Michael O'Flanagan, um, you know, he moved on. He's living in Galway now. He's a lovely wife and child. So he is, he is enough to be managing, I think, uh, besides us. So the baton kind of passed to me. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of young Castlery-based players now for the first time in a good while. Um so that's very exciting for us. Um, we have a few new faces. And then, of course, we have uh, four or five boys who have been with us for the last five, six, seven years and from the beginning in 2011. So as performance-wise, I still we're kind of putting it together as we go. Boys are getting used to each other, getting back into rhythm, you know, after the we were had a big layoff with COVID, like basketball, indoor sports was obviously hit very hard. Uh, but we're getting a few nice performances, you know. Um, TJ Hannon there. He's in fifth year. I think he's part. He's part of the Roscommon minor panel there. Um, you know, he's coming in. He's a very impressive young player. Uh, Michael Callahan as well. He's doing his mocks now. He's in leaving cert. Coming off the bench, you know, in big moments and doing well. And then we have our reliables. Um, me and Joe Henry will carry most of the scoring load. Danny Darshley, Joe Fleming. Um, you no, know, just experience in abundance. Um, Sean McDermott he had a bit of an injury there the last uh, few weeks he'll be out for a few more but just defensive intensity from him um, and David Quinn as well who people will probably 
recognise that name from playing with Castlery Kevin's, um, you know, just an insane, impressive athlete. So individually, we're having a lot of good things happening, but, you know, just getting the rhythm right is something we're still kind of working on at the moment. And I suppose, uh, I know you had last weekend, or the weekend just gone, you had that off. And uh, so we, we just go back to the game the week before last. How did that game go for you? Um, our last game, Donegal came down to us and we kind of knew going in, we'd have to be at our best. And now we were down Sean McDermott, which, um, you know, he's probably our best perimeter defender, you know, in terms of staying in front of the ball handler, force, forcing turnovers, you know, making it tough on, um, like usually the opposition, their best players are that ball handler or outside players. So that was a, a big blow for us not to have him. Um, but just they were just uh, physically, I think, you know, uh, one to five, you know, they could always have at least four men that were just bigger, stronger on the rebounds, physically inside. And then they had two scorers, um, Dylan Muldoon and Paul McHugh, who were just lights out shooters. Um, so, you know, we came up against a better team. Um, you know, we obviously could have done a lot better in terms of taking care of the ball, especially in the second half when we got tired. Um, but, you know, we just have to tip their hats to them. They came down, um, a long trip down from Donegal, and they came ready and prepared. And um, they were just better than us um, on the night, you know. And hopefully we play them away in a few weeks. We can try and build up some momentum, work on our flaws and build up to that. And hopefully uh, give them one back in Donegal in a few weeks. So I suppose looking at the game, um, where, where do you feel it went wrong or where do you feel... You need to improve for for the next day. What was it? Tactics, maybe, or what are your yeah. thoughts on that? I feel like we definitely um, underestimated them inside because I think we we knew and the whole league, I suppose, knows about the two boys I mentioned. They're just incredible uh, from the three point line um, yeah. and the mid range. So I think we definitely went in kind of preoccupied with uh, you know uh, getting out on them and that perimeter defense. But I, I think we did underestimate because uh, we spread our defense, our zone very wide, you know, and committed to that. But then they had, um, they have a new player from Glen Swilly. His name is Sean Wogan, uh, uh, and he was incredible. He was incredible inside, you know, big, strong, good technique, you know. And um, because we were putting so much emphasis on getting out to the outside shots, um, he just ate us up inside. I think he had twenty five points, you know. So. I think tactically, I think that's definitely uh, somewhere um, we uh, we could have been better, you know, going in. And I suppose looking ahead to the game this weekend, then I suppose that makes it uh, this, this game, the game this weekend, uh, a must-win game to an extent. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and Mohill have been going well, you know. Sometimes down the years, looking at Mohill, I think teams and ourselves have maybe underestimated them, uh, saying like, "Oh, they might be." You know, there's a lot, they're all just GA players. You know, that's the kind of thing that's said about some teams, you know, all over Ireland, you know, at this level. But uh, they've been going really well this year. They've been putting up big scores. Um, and, you know, they have a new, uh, they had the Mohill Sports Complex down there has been done up um, recently, or at least since I was down there um, two years ago when we were in competition. So uh, they'll be confident coming in. Um They've had a good, and we're obviously looking to bounce back from two defeats. So um, it is the must win for us if we want to stay in contention at the top. But there is a lot of teams beating each other, you know, so it's still not out of our reach. Uh, but then 
then you're looking at the top four. You know, at the end of the season, there's a top four tournament, top four teams compete for it. So, in terms of that, uh, to get the third or fourth spot, this is a game that's going to be uh, big because Mohill will be looking at those spots as well. And moving on to the ladies' game as well, and uh, the Castery Kings women's team. Uh, how has their season been going? And tell us more a bit more about the players, because uh, I'm sure the listeners would like would, would like to know. Because I suppose going forward, we will we will be following Castery Kings, both the ladies and the men. So it'd be nice to kind of get a, a bit of familiarity with the players. Yeah, um, I'm coaching the women as well this year, um, and they're a team that like um. Myself and Joe Henry, um, a lot of the team are in school. Or five of them are in fifth year there. So, and they've had a, they had a good season this year in school, and they'll obviously all be there next year. So, Joe Henry as well. I'm sure people will be familiar with his name in terms of Castry basketball. He has done for the school team. So, and then in terms of the rest of the team, we're still very young. Our oldest player is 23. So, we got together this year. And we're really trying to like establish, you know, our values, our identity. You know, um, in terms of so we can stick together for a few years and hopefully make something of it. Um, in terms of the players on the team, um, we have players, uh, I know Cassidy Community School had some All-Ireland successes there around 2016 or 2017. Um, players from that team, Holly Hopkins, Sandra Kane, uh, Kerry Harkin and Lisa O'Rourke. So a lot of experience there in terms of, you know, playing against tough opposition. They've been on long trips away. They've had plenty of experience in the national basketball arena so um and there's good shooting there holly Kerry, sandra um all outside threats and then lisa o'rourke i'm sure people she had a, actually she won an all-ireland um the under 22 boxing um there at the weekend on saturday um i'm sure people will be familiar with lisa obviously plays for scotland ladies as well she's just a phenomenal athlete grabs rebounds runs the floor puts up points like she's oftentimes she's just too fast and strong inside um then a few girls that were older than that in school Rachel Mulligan who's been involved with Roscommon ladies I think down the years Chloe Finan Maureen Quinn so they they would have all played uh, uh fairly often in school and again all involved with ladies football um just those energy players you need that like complement the scorers you know um and then we have the five fifth years um, that are coming on so well. I, like we started in September, and we kind of said, "Look, it, if you um, put the heads down for this basketball, we will as well." And even from in those few months, they've come so far uh, in terms of just their individual um, abilities and confidence. So we're definitely onto a good thing with them. And then um, I suppose at the start of the year, one thing I was worried about was uh, you know physicality because besides Lisa, we were looking a bit kind of small. Um, but then Lisa managed to rope in her sister, Aoife, who I'm sure um, people are familiar with. You know, um, it was just and now in terms of basketball skill, she's coming along well. But like that, she wouldn't be that experienced. She was so sort of very raw. But her footwork in the last few months, her uh, awareness on defense, you know, all these things, because she comes down and she's a great example of somebody who's obviously an Olympic athlete in one other um, sport but comes down to basketball and is respectful of the game, respectful of me as a coach, you know, wants to learn, listens, tries to apply everything I'm telling her. Um, and, you know, obviously gives us that physical presence uh, inside to get rebounds and be a defensive presence. So um, that's pretty much the team. Um, you know, very young, talent-wise, a lot of potential. Um, the league, 
this season for us. Uh, there's six teams in it, and it's kind it's kind of split. You know, Mohill, uh, Sligo, and Boyle will be strong, and then ourselves, um, Longford and Drumlish uh, would be kind of the weaker three. But now we'd fancy ourselves to m- maybe steal a win, um, especially against you know this weekend we have Mohill away. We lost to them in our first game of the season before Christmas. Uh, but we felt like if we had a bit more offensive organisation, we could have stuck it to them. Because we, you know, with this team, a lot of girls are in college, so we only get the hour a week really training um, together. So hopefully now, with everything we've worked on, we'll go in and try and snatch a win um, this weekend with them. That's it. Well, we'd like to wish you all the, the best of luck this weekend against Moat and uh, hopefully you can come out with a win. And uh, I suppose moving on to uh, the tradition of basketball in Castlereagh and I suppose uh, a lot of the tradition or, or uh, a lot of the a lot of the players would have come through, uh, obviously, from uh, from Castlereagh Community College. You just said with the ladies team there that uh, a few of the players have uh, have great experience playing for uh, Castlereagh Community School in the ladies um, but uh, I suppose really, not many people would have would realise the depth and tr- of the tradition of uh, basketball in in Castlereagh. But uh, it's it's getting stronger, and it seems to be you know it seems to be bearing fruit now. Yeah, like I'd say, like my experience of basketball, like it's been my kind of main sport coming through as a teenager, and it's been very big for me. Um, I suppose I was lucky. I'm very close with Joseph Henry, Joe Henry's son. Um, I remember going to like Tala for a girls final when I was like 10 or 11. And I remember Jennifer Higgins, you know, scoring something like 30 points in the final and getting MVP and winning. And the whole school, the whole secondary school up, you know, cheering her on and getting behind the team, you know. So I suppose just that sort of thing is what hooked me uh, on, especially representing Castlery, uh for basketball. And then I started playing with the Kings when I was in TY. So um, even though I'm 25 now, I have 10 years of Kings basketball behind me. So um, it's something that's important to me. And hopefully like this club team now, and this, especially with this women's team, can be something that you know young people in Castlereagh can really involve themselves in because it's been so great for uh, so many of us. Um, in terms of tradition, yeah, so many All-Irelands. You know, Joe Henry has coached the school team so it's something like 15, 16, 17 All-Irelands, you know, in whatever it may be, Schools Cup or Schools League down the years. He's had some great players. Um, and then I, I'd actually be in trouble if I didn't mention, you know, a lot of the boys on our men's team now are, would have played for Nathies and Balladrine, you know, Sean McDermott, Joe Fleming, um, Ronan Cahill. And I suppose they would have come up under um, uh, Francis Dunn there, um, who was a... Uh, a phenomenal coach in the 80s down the years. I played with her son, Dara, in um, for Kiljamah underage when, for the club and a phenomenal player. But um, just in terms of Roscommon, like uh, down the years, community games is where basketball is kind of um, really present. So, and we would always come up against Balladrine well, who, uh, and Francis, who would have her team swept into great shape. So um, there is a good tradition in Castlery obviously all surrounding Joe Henry and then in Balladrine as well, there is a strong tradition. Um, and I know Josh McDermott, he used to play, who played for us. He didn't play this year because he went traveling, but um, he had a lot of Nathies teams in cup finals and cup semifinals there last year as well. So, uh, and then I know there is a good kind of tradition in North Roscommon as well, up near Carrick and Shannon, especially in like primary schools. Um, 
where they'll uh, they have blitzes and they have a lot of uh, they try and get the kids involved in basketball up there as well. So, and I feel like Joe basketball is just it's kind of a trendy sport, you know. Anyone, I have a lot of boys. I play football, obviously soccer, and a lot of boys always asking me about the NBA, and they know all the players, you know, and all the kids in school know who like LeBron James, Steph Curry, these guys are. So, and like the land, and you know, it's a very Joe cool sport, you know, in one way. And I think there's definitely a demand and will be a demand, uh, especially from kind of this generation of teenagers for basketball teams, you know, in the next few years. That's it. And uh, finally, I suppose, m- moving on to uh, basketball, the landscape of basketball in Ireland in general, it seems to be very high. I mean, you know, I, I suppose more famously, uh, f- you know, when, when it comes to players that everyone would recognise, I suppose, um, the the most the biggest figure I sp- that we a lot of people mightn't have known is that uh, Jason Sherlock, the former Dublin player, he was big into uh, he was big into um, basketball as well. Played played in Dublin, obviously, and uh, represented Ireland and uh, and all that. So you you know you see a lot of as you just said there earlier on. There's a lot of uh, players that uh, play Gaelic football, both the men's and the women's that uh, that that are you know the Play, that can play a higher level, and you know when you when you can see, when you see someone like him, and he's he, when you when you think of the size of a basketball player, he's relatively he's small in comparison to what you'd expect a, a basketball player to, to be height wise. So um, I suppose what, what what's your thoughts on the landscape of basketball in in Ireland? Um, you know it's uh, it's very strong. You know it's uh, like you look at the international teams there. Um, the two international teams now are back down and they recently they've been, you know, competing in the small nations kind of European competition. But now they're looking at going getting back into Eurobasket. And I know the Irish men's team have a game coming up, um, a pre-qualifier in the arena um, in the next few weeks. I couldn't put an exact date on it now, but to get to Eurobasket, so, so to get back to, you know, that elite level of European basketball, you know, they have a lot of players uh, playing internationally. Like I, um, a guy we used to play often enough with uh, in schools. He went to the Bish, Patrick Lyons, excellent point guard. He's playing professionally in Germany. You know they have the men's the men's best player now is a guy called John Carroll. He plays in Spain, I think, professionally. You know, so there's a lot, and there's a lot of Irish exports. Like there's a guy there, CJ Fulton. He's from Belfast. Um, He's playing for Lafayette University in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, I think. And he's like, you know, uh, nearly every highlights they have up on Twitter and Instagram, like CJ's involved in, you know. So, like, there is a lot of, you know, globally, like, I, there's a lot of Irish players, like, putting the country on the map. Um, so, and it's kind of, it has gone under the radar. Not a lot of people know that. But then in terms of your GA players, like, Kieran Pelley, um Warriors won the National Cup there recently. Kieran Donaghy, Obviously, a major player on that team. Um, I know Glenmire Ladies coach um, was involved. Like Jim Gavin had him involved in, you know, how that Dublin team would have set up um, down the years to whatever six in a row or however you know however many they won. Um, and you can see it like from a basketball perspective, you can see it in uh, with that Dublin team, especially how basketball kind of has played a role or like the tactics or whatever are very um, transferable, you know? Um, and, you know, like I said, the demand there from 
like the standard. We were in C. I was coaching our under nineteen boys this year in the school, and we were at the C uh, level in the region. Um, and the standard, like compared to even I was in Leaving Cert what seven eight years ago playing senior basketball for school, and the standard at that level is so much higher. Like there's boys there dunking in the warm ups, shooting the three lights out. You know, everybody has these fancy shoes. Like, um, and that's at C level. You know, um, yeah. the girls. The girls lost a regional final there um, last week to Kilchama, who have a player she, from Kilchama, Hazel Finn. Um, she's in Leavenshurst in St. Louis, but she plays um, Division One basketball with NYG, and she plays for Ireland under 18, you know. Um, and so you just have players like this popping up, you know, uh, to have an international level player. And her older sister plays for the senior women's team uh, for Ireland as well from Kiljama Mayo, you know. So it's not I think the big thing is it's getting decentralized, you know, because usually teams it'll just be all players from Dublin or Belfast that'll be on these teams. But now it's kind of getting spread out a bit more and there's great players cropping popping up from all around Ireland, you know. That's great to see and uh, long, long may it last. And uh, yeah, so once again, we'd like to wish you all the best for the game against Moat on uh, on the weekend. And uh, we look forward to looking back on that game next week and then looking forward to looking forward to the next game in uh, next week's show. Uh, thanks, In Just for one quick minute, I'd like to mention we've got some local businesses helping us out this year for our home games. Um, so Lions Mace... Um, Webb's Butchers there in Castlery, Benny's Deli, McGorty's, um, Whispy's Discount Store, and um, also Harmac there have uh, they're helping us out with jerseys and a kit for the women's team. So I just said I'd mention those and um, just say how grateful we are and that we have their support. And it's great to have that involvement in our community as well. So. No problem. Well, that's great. That's great to uh, to see the level of support and, and uh, sponsorship. Because I suppose without sponsors as well, it's very hard to run a team without without uh, finance as well. So it's it's uh, fair play there to you there for acknowledging that. And uh, so we look forward to talking to you again next week, Thomas. Thanks a million, uh, Aidan. Uh, see you next week. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was Thomas Callahan from uh, Castlery Kings Basketball Club. Thank you, sir. Enjoy your day. No problem. Bye bye. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to episode two of SNC Coach with myself, Aidan Rafferty. And of course, we once again, we have Dan Behan. Hello, Dan. How are you? Are you well? Good, good, Aidan. Uh, congratulations on the news today. I think we should definitely start off with that. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks very much. It was. A lot, a lot of a lot of hard work was putting it put into it. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great news to hear. Thank God. So uh, yeah, a, a good a good note to, to end the day. And it was nice. It was nice to have passed the exams. So uh, yeah. So it's uh, I, I suppose that, that that's the good thing about this take this. Um, this podcast from now on, we'll be able to, you know, it'll be, it'll be like two uh, gym, gym instructors being able to talk about, um, you know, um, strength and condition and thing related stuff. So, uh, you know, we we hope um, that all the listeners will, will will enjoy what we have to say over the coming months and and years and all that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it, it is really uh, like like we said last week, it is an important uh, plays a huge important part of uh, of preparation in sport nowadays, and I suppose. Well, first and foremost, it starts off with the key thing, which is uh, the gym work, and uh, you know it's it is essential from the point of view that uh, you know we need to keep the muscles and the body 
moving and uh, I suppose it really comes down to the use it or losers kind of thing because if you don't keep the muscles moving and uh, keep keep exercise um you know you can lose the uh, you know you can use the you can lose the um the power in the muscles you know so it's it's called a condition the muscles weaken I should say a condition called muscle atrophy so uh, to prevent that I mean, even doing simple things like going for a walk, but uh, really long term will be doing things like going to the gym regularly. Isn't that right? Yeah, of course. So like, um, I suppose in terms of hypertrophy and strength, kind of a frequency of working out a muscle twice a week is kind of ideal. If you can do three, all the better to you. And um, <clears throat> I know myself because I actually recovered from COVID there a few weeks ago and um, I lost a good few kilos and I think, I was flat as a pancake after it, so um, def- yeah, definitely nutrition is a big part of it because my appetite was gone as a result, and um, not that there's going to be long-term atrophy over that period of time. I think during lockdown was much worse because people were without facilities for months and months on end, but um, definitely in the short term, like, look, there's no hassle. Even taking a week off, uh, ha- have you heard of kind of deloading before, Aiden? Yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, even something along the lines of a deload for a week is no problem. I think, obviously, the protein in your diet plays a huge part in it as well, though. So the higher we can keep that, preferably, the more, or sorry, minimizes the chance of any muscle loss as well, you know. So I definitely, that's the side of it I neglected in the past, the nutrition aspect. But now that I've kind of got it a bit more dialed in, I can definitely see the benefits myself. And yeah, definitely kick it on forward. It'd be good to have a little chat about that in the future, you know. Definitely, and I think first and foremost, I suppose, just to people who are might be interested in getting a, joining their local gym, I suppose the key thing about it will be for for anyone that's joining the gym will be, I suppose, setting their you know thinking about their goals, what they want to achieve, um, what part of uh, what parts of the body they want to focus on, do they want to par- do they want to focus on the upper or lower body. Um, you know any injuries, medical conditions. So this is uh, this is all done in the screening phase or the screening form uh, part of it, uh, which is where we all find out about you know any medical conditions, past injuries, all these kind of things. What do you want to achieve? What um, time you have available? All these all these are important things, and from that then. We go on to the uh, we go on to the exercise program, which we'll we'll go in, on to a minute in in a minute. Isn't that right, Sam? Yeah, looking forward to it, and I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more about your experience from doing your course and your work experience as well. Because, like, obviously, I'm quite new to it myself, so you know, we might be able to share some bits and pieces and maybe a few tips and tricks for actually progressing on in the world. Not that I'm I progress much, but you know, from what I've got so far, it'd be great to pass it on. You know. Absolutely, and it's it's uh, it's all about uh, you know the the listeners enjoying about what we're talking about. But what are your thoughts on on the screening process, or is that something you would have done much of as part of the the as part of being a gym instructor? And um, so I suppose gym instructing is more basic stuff, really. Um, so it's just general screens, like if they've had any past injury. Like we do a questionnaire in the gym I'm working at, so. We're looking at past injuries. We're looking at, like, just look anything we should know about. Like, if, for example, a guy has heart issues, we're definitely going to have to take him a bit easy. You know, you're not going to be driving him hard or anything like that. So in the gym aspect of it, it's quite general. But I know with strength and conditioning, with the U team I've had at the moment, I've done, are you familiar with FMS testing? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot yes. of different tests 
that you can do. But I think um, they, these are important things for people to know because medical conditions, any medication people are on, and uh, that that's, uh, you know, you need to do that because, I mean, if there are certain contraindications or medical conditions or things, you, you might have to be referred to, um, we say it could be a physio, it could be a, could be a nutritionist, could be your GP. Uh, it could be a case of even like getting further information from the GP and just kind of getting the go ahead from uh, from the GP to say, yeah, it's all right for him or her to do this or it's not okay for him to do this, but he can do that or she can do that, you know. Um, because you know it, it's all about it's all about the welfare of the of the of the client in the end. And once you know that, then it's very easier to go. It's very easy to go on to um to go on to the second part, which is the gym, which is the gym instructor, which is the dream gym program. And uh, I suppose for it, it that's really derived from the um from the screening process in in many ways based on what what time what sort of time and how many days and things that the the person has has available to them of course yeah i mean like just to develop on that last point i think obviously you're looking to go into gym instructing so what i've definitely learned from gym instructing is the type of questionnaires you do are really important just for keeping the whole environment safe because obviously if you see a guy who has an exercise maybe in five years he he's a bit overweight, he might have this problem or that problem. And it, even just for my security of job too, it's really important because I can keep an extra eye on him. And, you know, obviously, look, uh, I, I have a duty to care to everyone there and I try fulfill that to the fullest. But I think obviously you do tend to give the special attention to a guy who either doesn't have a clue, which is totally fair, we all started somewhere, or just the fact that he might have a certain condition that, like, if he does push himself too much, that, you know, it could get himself in a lot of trouble and me too, you know. So I think it's more a security and obviously optimization thing then for when he actually gets his program and everything. So that's that's my stance on it because, you know, nowadays as well with claim culture and everything, you just, all the eyes, Joe, all the eyes have to be dotted and the T's crossed. So that's my view on it anyway. That's it. And I mean, really, uh... Some people, I suppose, that go into to the uh, to a gym with an idealistic um, approach that the way you know they want to end up like a an MMA fighter or, or you yeah. know, one with uh, with you know the Arnie Schwarzenegger, but uh, yeah. that's not that, that's not done overnight. I mean, to do it safely, it has to be done over a period of time. I mean. Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't go into a gym, and after a month, he he, he had muscles like no. and all that. It's uh, for for the health and safety. Like we all, everyone, you know, anyone that wants to go to the gym wants to improve their health. Some want to to increase muscle mass, um, all these things. But I, I think with regards to exercise, especially if you're not used to, uh, I suppose, heavy load, heavy load of exercises is you know to start start off small and then work your way up because. Often what can happen is if you go into a too, shall we say, gung-ho, what can happen is muscles can be injured and uh, this, that, you know, from trying to trying to do too much too quickly. So it's kind of, so with certain exercises, and I'm sure you, you'll probably agree with this, you, you'll be able to touch on this as well, is, you know, so we say if there's a certain exercise and you start off with five and then like over the weeks build it up. And, you know, it's, it's the same with weights. You have to start off with, you know, find out what weights that the person is able to lift. And then like, you know, over the months, then each month when the review is done, say, right, how do you find that? Would you be able to either extra, I suppose, extra lifts or, you know, is extra weights or, 
extra set, sets and that or yeah. you know, would you be able to go one up up to the next weight or whatever because but it's all about it, it's uh, it's a marathon not a sprint and these are all like things that can be covered in a review as I said obviously each per every client has a review every so often I suppose it can, it can vary from uh, client or from gym to gym but uh, I suppose some some gyms do it once a month every two months you know I suppose it depends on the progress of the of the client as well so now I know there's two things i look at myself so these are two things i use in my own fitness instructing and it may be of use to you so i suppose the first thing i'd like to touch on is um are you familiar with anatomical adaptation yeah we are yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so every person i get on a program will essentially so we start off with a four-week program so <clears throat> uh, excuse me for that but anatomical adaptation is what i'd primarily focus on at the start because I essentially just want them to get as many reps as they can in. Obviously, it's going to prime their central nervous system. And um, even just the motor patterns, that's mainly why I do it. So learning the motor pattern of the squat. So after that four weeks, proficiency takes years, but that they'll be at a really good level that, you know, you can start putting some load on the bar. And the other thing as well is basically just taking it handy at the start. I mean, like a big thing I use is regressions. So you say yeah. your main your main movement but might be your barbell squat for example so i might get them to do like a, a goblet squat onto a box or a bench because a lot of it is just kind of being comfortable to get down to sufficient depth so once i can go from there i can progress onto a free squat so you might just have a goblet and uh, you're squatting without the box and then if they're confident in that i can progress them onto a normal barbell squat so that's how I would normally do it. And obviously, like a lot of younger people might have the mobility for a squat. And if they're well capable and find it easy, fair enough, I'll throw them into it. But possibly with older people, I think the box is good just for security and that lack of mobility to gain depth, you know. That's it. And I suppose uh, another another way to look at it is um, sometimes it can be specific to a person. So or it can even be sports specific. So there's obviously sports that are require endurance. So we say like sports like Gaelic, team sports like Gaelic football, soccer, hurling, rugby, all these kind of things which have a combination of endurance and speed, I suppose. Um, obviously, if you're a winger in rugby or if you're a wing back or a wing forward in football, in Gaelic football or hurling, speed is essential because you know that's that's the job of the winger. But uh, so, but there's all, but there's also like you know where it's specific to some sports are uh, about speed. So we say like sprints in in um you know in the Olympics or something like that or in athletics, and then you have endurance, which is so we say like maybe a match or something where you have to last 90 minutes uh, yeah. or GA over 70 minutes at inter-county level. Um, obviously, so yeah, the gym, the gym uh, plan has to be, has to be geared around that because there's, uh, and of course, you know, it's something we can go into deep, into, uh, in deeper detail in another show. But, uh, you know, these, these are all things that you, you can plan that you can do the exercise program around. Yeah, of course. So like, look, I, especially if a guy is coming into gym and they're learning for the first time i like i'd be a big believer in literally just simplicity and because i suppose like especially nowadays with the likes of instagram and social media everyone tries to make something more complicated than it is and reinvent the wheel which look 100 percent, it's fair if it's safe if it's a safe modification then no problem it's giving someone something different but when people do 
like dangerous stuff. So I've seen some stuff with BOSU balls or people do barbell squats on them. And um, yeah, no, that's that's definitely a big no-no. So I just think honestly, simplicity and um, what you were saying, a marathon, not a sprint, because if there's a few take-homes I'd want people to get tonight, it's definitely that. It takes time because nowadays everyone wants instant gratification and results, but like it really is a journey. And look, some people don't make it on that journey and that's fine. But um, if, you, if you're there and you know how long it's going to take, then you're already winning half the battle, you know? That's it. And of course, like, you know, for, especially nowadays, you know, a lot of, a lot of players would, would know, would have a basic idea of, you know, what exercises and things are required. And, you know, I, I suppose at certain levels, they'd have like a, their, their trainer would have a, would have a, a, a you know, a thing done out for them, a, a program done out for them. But uh, I suppose really, you know, in the gym, a lot of people think maybe that, you know, oh, the gym is ju- just for adults, but it, it's not really like, it, it can be done for ki- for kids as well, but a- at a certain age. And that's where you consider like the person's height, the ch- the person's height and weight and all that. Body mass index, these are all things that are, are included in the screening as well. But uh, I mean, th- there's no reason why kids, you know, students or, you know, teenagers can't uh, can't work in the gym so long as they're because uh, I like I do work experience in um, full body workhouse here in Roscommon just give to give a shout out to them and uh, you know you, you you work with you see people there that are, I've seen a child there a kid there a couple of weeks ago um, he was doing the strength a bit of strength and conditioning and then uh, I seen a, there was a lady there that was a, she's a, an Olympic weightlifter uh, for for Ireland, and she had an interview. You know, so you, oh, you really? the gym, yeah, you get to see a lot of a lot of different people, as you do, I'm sure, as well. Uh, doing, yeah. doing, but it, it just come back to the point about about uh, you know teenagers. There's no reason why teenagers can't do it, and that's can be part of their development as well. Hundred percent, but um, obviously, along with that, though, the management and development needs to be. Spot on. No, sorry if I've gotten a few yeah. tangents already. Um, no, no, you're not get, right. I'm new to this now, so I'm still getting used to the ropes. But um, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look, like it's great for teenagers, and we can see how much their athletic development can come on. But if you get the wrong coach who doesn't handle them right, then it could be a disaster. I mean, a lot of guys who get burnt out and get injured young. Not, not to like point at particular people, but like some people may have just mismanaged them. They may have had too much load. But like definitely with scientific advancements these days, like we're much more prepared to actually monitor load. I mean, even just to harp back on your point there about teenagers and kids, I have an under 11s team who are kind of in a strength and condition environment and I have 13s as well. So I kind of know firsthand how it can be beneficial to young people and um, essentially making sure that they're all safe and they develop to their maximum is my goal and look it's something I really enjoy and I'm just I can't wait to see their journey over the next few years to be honest with you that's it and it, it's great to see it as well but I think key to key to teenagers being involved is um, you you know us as, us as gym instructors and you as a strength and conditioning coach um, the key to it is maybe uh, not well I suppose educating the, the parents and just explaining the reasons 